What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Loro Antonio Sports Talk Podcast Show. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. Abdullah's back with me to talk about some NFL news of the day. We got pretty good stuff going pretty good stuff that we're gonna talk about today. So how's it going, Abdullah? Doing pretty well, Lorenzo. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So now before we get to the Chargers and Chiefs 2019 offseason outlooks, let's get to our questions of the day first. So which team do you think will tank for Tua, and which team do you think will tank for Trevor Lawrence? I'm actually going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say the Lions tank for Tua, and the Bengals tank for Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. I mean, I can definitely see that. I just think – the thing is with the NFL, I mean, it's just so hard to quote-unquote tank. Because, like, we as fans, right, we see, you know, or when we sit back from afar and, like, we see, hey, you know, we should probably – our team would be better off, you know, losing games or whatever. But the thing is, from the player's perspective, for them, tanking, if if they put on bad tape on on film, other teams are going to see that and that's going to sort of stick with them. So if they have a bad year, that could potentially affect – you know, their career going forward, that could be the difference between them being on a team next year and not being on a team. But as far as, you know, what team I see having probably the worst record next year, um, I could see the Bengals, um, even though they were pretty competitive last year, considering a lot of the injuries they had as well. Um, The Dolphins are another pick, but they did just trade for their quarterback. So even if they do get Rosen. Yeah. Even if they do get, you know, or they have a bad record, I don't see them picking a quarterback. I mean, how how awkward would that be for Josh Rosen if, if that happens to him again, even even with the, uh, the new team he gets traded to in the Dolphins? But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It's kind of hard to predict, but um, yeah, I could I could see the Bengals, but it's really hard to predict to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's hard to predict there. So now let's talk about our 2019 offseason outlook as we continue with the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, who do you think wins the AFC West in 2019? Chargers or Chiefs? I'm actually going to pick the Los Angeles Chargers to win the to win the uh, AFC West. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think the Chargers are going to win as well. Um, as much as I love the Chiefs and they have Patrick Mahomes, Yes, they got better on defense, but I feel like they lost a lot of key pieces just overall. On, on the offensive side of the ball, they lost their starting center. We don't know what's, con- what's going on with the Tyree Kill situation, but based on a lot of the reports that are out there, there's a pretty good chance that not only is he going to miss at least half the regular season, he might not even play at all next year. So but taking all of that into consideration, I think the Chiefs will take a step back, and I think the that's going to sort of catapult the Chargers forward into winning the division next year. Yeah, you, you're thinking that the Chargers will still win. You think, you're still thinking that the Chargers will win the division. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the Chargers will win the AFC West, and I think the Chiefs will be the uh, first wild card team at, in the uh, AFC as the number five spot, you know? The, the the Chiefs as the wild card or, or the Chargers? What were you saying? You have you have the Chargers winning the division, right? Yeah, I have the Chargers winning the division, 
and I have the uh, I and I have the uh, the Chiefs making it as a wild card team as the number five seed. Okay, yeah, I mean I could see that. Um, it's going to be a really tough race in in the AFC for those wild card spots, but um, we'll see. I mean I wouldn't be surprised just because you know. Anytime you have a good quarterback, you always have a shot. But um, I think it's going to be really, really hard. I mean, they're putting a lot on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. Not saying he can't handle it, but sooner or later, it's like every everyone needs a little bit of help. So we're going to see, you know, how much help he gets from the rest of the team. Who does? Rivers or Mahomes? Mahomes. Yeah, because you're saying that the pressure is on him now. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have – I mean, just look at all the players he lost in the offseason. Um, the Chiefs lost Justin Houston, D. Ford, Mitch, Mitch Morse, their starting center. And they didn't – I mean, they didn't really add much on offense. I mean, they, they drafted Miko Hardman, but as good as he is, he's not going to be Tyree Kill. And to me, they don't make that pick unless they know that Tyreek Hill is either going to miss, at the very least, half of next year or almost all of next year, which is looking like it's going to pretty much be – it's looking like he's pretty much going to be – he's going to miss all of next year, I think. Yeah, for sure, that. So now, with that being said, let's get to the Chargers question. So do you think Philip Rivers is going to get a contract extension? It was interesting. So I I was reading about this. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to get something done. It will probably be something similar to what um, Ben Roethlisberger got, something around two years, maybe around $30 million plus. Um, I could definitely see them. Ideally, if I'm the Chargers, I'd probably try and get that done before the beginning of the season, just so you know that, you know, you have everything set and the team knows, okay, this is our guy for the next at least two more years. But, yeah, I'm sure they're going to figure it out and they'll they'll get a contract figured out. So that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it'll be similar to the uh, to the Ben Roethlisberger situation for the uh, for, for for the Chargers right here. So my favorite draft pick for the Chargers this past weekend, I'm going to say. I, I'm going to go to Jerry Tillery and also uh, Nasir Adderley. I think both those two guys are going to make a big impact on this defense right there. And watch out. I kind of think the Chargers and the Rams are going to both lead the league in defense, in my opinion, I'm saying. But I think the, I think my Patriots could be up there leading the league in defense. But but looking at the Rams and Chargers defenses, their defenses actually are both strong and physical. Well, I could, I could, the Chargers, you could make a legitimate argument that in terms of just talent, they probably have the most talented defense in the NFL, maybe with the exception of the Bears. But um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I really like the Nasir Adderley pick that they had. I mean, he went to Delaware, I believe. So not as many people were familiar with him. But if you look a lot, if you look at a lot of his tape, um, he made a lot of big plays. I think he was actually a converted corner. So um, I think his problem is like he doesn't have like a four, four, four forty. Like his forty time was at the highest, but he's got really good range. So yeah, he's gonna really help out the back end of that defense. 
And obviously with Jerry Tillery, he gives them someone in the interior, which is what they've needed for a couple of years now. So they're going to get someone a lot more consistent to pair with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Yeah, with Tillery, I think he'll he'll benefit from Brandon Meebane. And getting Jerry Tillery means is that I think Corey Legion is probably not going to be a Charger. But at some point, I do think the Chargers are going to re-sign Antonio Gates, which I 100% believe that will happen. But it'll, it'll happen eventually, but it'll be a matter of when, though. Yeah, I mean, I think with that, it really just comes down to does Antonio Gates want to continue to play? Because last year, the only reason he came back was because Hunter Henry got hurt and the Chargers were able to convince him to come back. So I don't know if he's, he would be willing to do that this year as well because there's a b- pretty good chance if Hunter Henry comes back healthy that he's going to get majority of the snaps. So we'll see. But... You know, maybe he – I mean, the Chargers have a good team, so there's a pretty good chance that they'll be in contention for, for the Super Bowl. Maybe Antonio Gates comes back for one last season, but I guess I tell. So do you think he'll sign before the season begins to be, to be back with the Chargers? Uh, situations where he signs like – A one-year deal. Either, Well, yeah, a one-year deal, but the problem is where it's like either a – like right before the regular season or like around the end of the season, like so much, much later. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying, I think I'm really for the regular and all that stuff is done. You mean after because... training camp is done and you think Antonio Gates will be back with the team? Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to st- he's going to sign with the Chargers before, uh, I think around May, I think he'll he'll stay with the Chargers. Okay. I mean, it depends. I guess my only reasoning behind that was because a lot of times with veteran players, you know, they, they kind of don't want to go through training camp and all. They, they just want to get to the season healthy because I know we've seen throughout the years a lot of the non-contact injuries that take place. I mean – just look at just look at the Chargers last year with Hunter Henry. He got hurt in I think it was like training camp or something. So it's just going to be one of those situations where I guess once you sort of get up there in age and you're, and you're in the latter part of your career, you, you kind of just want to you're just ready for the regular season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll see about that. So my breakout stars for the Chargers this year on offense it's going to be Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, and on defense. I'm going with uh, Derwin James. Hmm. So for me, yeah, I guess I'm kind of going to kind of go out and limb, make some bold picks. I guess you can say. I really think Justin Jackson is gonna. I mean, he showed some flashes last year when Melvin Gordon, you know, missed a couple games. He definitely Who is that stepped again? in. Austin e- Justin Austin J- Eckler. Justin Jack. No, Justin Jackson. He's he's the third running back on the roster. So he's he's Austin Eckler's backup. Oh, okay. Because Eckler is yeah. on third down. Yeah, yeah. No, they use Eckler more. But last year when Gordon got hurt, when Eckler had to be the starter, Justin Jackson was also used as well. Um, I I think there's an I, I don't remember correctly, but I think there's an instance where there's a game where they both missed, both Eckler and Gordon were hurt if I remember correctly. But anyways. On defense, I think I'm going to go with Jatavis Brown. 
he's a linebacker for them. I think he's, he's sort of been – I mean, last year he didn't have the best year, but he's a very athletic linebacker. And I think with the addition of Thomas Davis, he's going to sort of – Thomas Davis is going to – at this point in his career, he's going to sort of be that mentor because the Chargers have a lot of young linebackers. So I think bringing in a veteran like Thomas Davis is going to really help those young linebackers out. And I think that that's going to really help Jatavis Brown. Yeah, and who's your defensive breakout player of the year for the Chiefs? Oh, for the Chiefs. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with Traymond Smith. He's a, he's a corner. I believe they drafted him last year. I forgot where he went to school. But, like, as of right now, I think he's actually either their second or third corner on the roster. I think he's probably, like, the third corner, I would say. Because he did sign Bouchard, Bouchard Breland, I think is his name. Yeah. And, yeah, and they also signed someone from the AFL, Keith Razor, I think is his name. So he'll probably com- compete for that third spot. But, yeah, I probably have him. Um, you can also go with um, Breland Speaks. Those those are other – that's another guy I think they could potentially have a breakout year. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, offense is a little bit interesting because – I mean, everyone kind of played well last year. It's kind of hard to pick a breakout player for the Chiefs. Um, I guess maybe just out of just by default, you kind of have to go with Miko Miko Hardman just because of the way they're probably going to use him on offense. Yeah. So now let's talk about the Chiefs now. So my question of the day for the Chiefs is: Is do you think Tyreek Hill is going to get suspended or released? That that's a good that's a good one right there. I mean, as far as does he get suspended or released? I mean, it it's tough. I mean, I would Mike. I'm probably gonna go with the. I'm probably gonna go with him getting suspended. They probably might keep him on the roster. That might put him on IR or something. Or, I, I think there's some like special list you can put a player on if he's gone for the year. You get it's like a, you get some sort of roster exemption. So something like that will probably happen, but he'll still technically be on the team. Um, yeah, I don't, unless, you know, it's a situation where like, you know, he probably has to face jail time or something. I think he still stays on the roster. And you probably think he'll be around a four to six game suspension. I mean, worst, worst case scenario, I think he gets six games, worst, worst case scenario, but I think, cause because Zeke Zeke got six games, and my understanding is there wasn't any evidence in his case. In the case of Tyreek Hill, there's evidence that he was involved in whatever happened. So if anything, you would think he he should get more because of that. So I guess it really depends. Um, I wouldn't like it can range from six games to all the way to like him just missing the entire year. So like I wouldn't be surprised with any outcome to be honest. What were you saying? No, I'm saying I wasn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised with any outcome as far as him getting anywhere from six games to missing the entire year. Yeah, so let's talk about who my favorite draft pick is for the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't really, they they didn't get a first round pick until they didn't get they didn't select until the second round. But I have to say that my favorite draft pick for the Chiefs is uh, 
Me, Cole Hardman, the wide receiver from Georgia, I think he'll take over for what Chris Conley did. And a pick from uh, what you call this, when, who they undrafted was my high, someone who I went to high school with is uh, James Williams, who they undrafted, who they signed an, uh, who they signed to a, an undrafted free agent contract, and I think he'll be a guy that can. Uh, that can catch all those passes from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because the Chiefs definitely, in, in the second round picking Mikko Harmon, that was one of those where they went, you know, need over, I guess, best player available. But I think it's one of those where Andy Reid is going to be able to utilize, like he's just going to be able to utilize him in the offense right away. Because they're probably they're going to need him to contribute right away, especially if Tyreek Hill misses time. But I also I did like the 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 Juan Thornhill, I think is his name, pick the safety out of I think he went to either Mississippi State or Texas A&M. I forget what school it was, but he fills in. You have a solid duo in the back end between him and Tyron Matthew, especially State. They also traded away Eric Murray, but um they've solidified at least the back end of their defense to an extent. I mean, they still need corners, or at least one more corner, but their defense is looking better this year. You mean the Chiefs do? But I also I, – I told you about James Williams, the, the, the guy that I went to high school with who I think is going to be catching passes from Mahomes and also be that good running back for them, you know, that good tailback. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can be this year's Philip Lindsay. I mean, we see – We've seen it every year with running backs. There's always those like sleeper running backs in every draft that you can find in the middle or later parts of every draft. Um, that's why I, I was I didn't like how the Raiders drafted Josh Jackson in the first round. I felt like they really reached for him. Not that he isn't a good player. It's just to me, I wouldn't go running back in the first round. But we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Just wondering. So. So that being said, so now that being said, my breakout players for the Chiefs this year on offense, I'm still going to stick with Patrick Mahomes. And on defense, I'm going to go with Chris Jones. Yeah, I mean, I can I, – those are definitely like blue-chip players for the Chiefs. I mean, if, if the Chiefs are going to have any chance at making the playoffs this year, those guys are going to have to continue to be elite, and I think that they will be. So it'll be interesting to to kind of follow the Chiefs throughout the course of the year. So, so that well, who are you saying again? Oh no, I was just I was just saying that I agree that in order for the Chiefs to make the playoffs, both Mahomes and Chris Jones are going to have to be elite players at their positions. All right, now let's go out. Let's predict our breakout offensive and defensive rookie for the Patriots in twenty nineteen. For me, my breakout offensive player of the year for the Patriots is uh, for the rookie class is uh, I'm going to go Nikhil Harry. And on defense, I'm going with Chase Winovich. Yeah, I agree. I think those are my, the, those would be my two picks as well. I really like the Chase Winovich pick for the Patriots. With Nikhil Harry, I was a little bit surprised just because the Patriots don't usually go wide receiver in the first round. Um but he'll he'll be a good target for Tom Brady, a good young possession receiver that they'll utilize a lot in those ten to ten to twenty yard 
throws, which the Patriots like to make a lot of. So that'll be interesting. And what were you saying? Who were you saying? What were you saying again? Oh, no, I'm just. Say- I just said that I agree. Like I think it's going to be Nikhil Harry on offense and Chase Winovich on defense as well. Um, I-, I think it- I was surprised with the Nikhil Harry draft pick because usually the Patriots don't pick receivers in the first round, but I'm sure there's some reasoning behind it. And yeah, he- an outside worst- receiver that the Patriots can look to throw the throw the ball throw the ball downfield to for for Tom Brady. And I think this gives young blood out of the receiving core that Tom Brady can throw the ball to, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's not he's not really a deep threat, but he's just very, very good possession receiver, which there's value in. Um, I mean, you every team needs that guy that you can throw the ball to in those long third down situations. Um have have him make those contested catches over the middle of the field. So he'll definitely contribute right away. And then also with Chase Winovich, he was actually one of my favorite players in this draft. So the fact that the Patriots got him, I think he's going to be great for them. Yeah, I think I think Chase Winovich will be used as an outside linebacker for this Patriots team. And I expect that because even though he could play some defensive end, I think I think Chase Winovich is a guy that I think He's gonna play violent. He's gonna play. He's gonna play like how Clay Matthews plays. You know, he kind of reminds me of Clay Matthews. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, younger Clay Matthews. You know, they both when Clay Matthews was young, like if you remember when the Packers made that Super Bowl run, like almost every play on defense that you that you would see for the Packers, Clay Matthews was making a play on the ball. He just had a really high motor. And Chase Winovich plays a lot like that, and he played a lot like that in college as well. So he's definitely a great pickup for the Patriots. You mean Chase Winovich is a great pickup for the Patriots? And yep. now let's go on to your team, the New York Jets. So I'm going to pick who I think is the offensive and defensive rookies of the year for each side. So for the offensive side, I'm going to go with Chuma Egdoa, the offensive tackle out of USC. I think he's going to solidify that offensive line. Give good protection to Sam Donald. And on defense, it's no surprise here. Quinnen Williams. Yeah, I mean, it, as far as the offensive side of the ball, I mean, the Jets kind of went heavy on defense for their draft, which I don't really have a problem with considering, for the most part, they went best player available with a lot of their picks. Um, but, yeah, I can see Chuma Edoga contributing right away. I mean, I see him and Brandon Shell competing for that right tackle spot. No, here's what I think. Um, I think Brandon Shell's going to start at left tackle and then Chuma Egdoa will start on the right side. Well, the thing is they still have Kelvin Beecham for another year. So um I think he's he's definitely going to be a, a starter going into this season. Who? Chuma? And he, no, Kelvin Beecham? No, here's what I think. I think that you guys move Kelvin Beecham to left tackle. And then you put Chuma Egdoa at right tackle, so that you could see the USC, the USC teammates play on play on the field at the same time, because Brandon Shells had injury issues. That's why I don't see Brandon Shell as a starter. That's why you move Kelvin Beecham to left tackle and put Brandon Shell at right tack, and you put uh, Chuma Egdoa at right tackle. Right. Well, Beecham's already the left tackle, so he's gonna he's gonna stay there. He, they're not gonna. There's no way that unless they were to cut Kelvin Beecham for some reason, 
he's going to be the starting left tackle without question. Going no, into I'm the saying season. is that I think Chuma Egdoa will be the starting right tackle over Brandon Shell because Brandon Shell keeps getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that happening. I mean, I see the two of them competing for the job going the into right the season. And I, the reason why I say that yeah, is and, because I want to, I know that Chuma Egdoa played with Sam Darnold at USC. And I think the reason why I say that and my logic is that because I think I think with Brandon Shell's having injury issues and that the Jets' offensive line was very bad last year, Chuma Egdoa would, would solve their right tackle woes and that this would be beneficial for Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, bo- both of them going to USC, there's that f- familiarity there. So they're both, they're both used to each other's style of play. And also, he actually graded out pretty well. I mean, I think pro football focus had him as, I think, either tied for the highest or I think he had the second highest pass blocking efficiency grade. The only reason he fell into the third round was because of his inconsistency. So, you know, hopefully the Jets coaching staff can get the most out of him. They will, but... I really think they will, but although you know me as a Patriots fan myself, I don't like the Jets, but I like some players on the Jets, including Sam Darnold and Leonard Williams. But I also think that Williams wall is going to take into effect this year. So that's why I have Quinn Williams as the the Jets defensive breakout player of the year this year. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I certainly expect them to be competitive next year. That's for sure. You mean this upcoming season you expect Quinn Williams to uh, – to, to take to to be one of those leaders on the defense, but I'm also thinking with the Jets when it since they have so much money in their cap, I'm kind of thinking Jamal Adams, your favorite Jet, should be getting a contract extension pretty soon since the Jets got rid of some bad contracts as well. Well, you yeah, know, eventually they're going to take care of him uh, for sure. Um, I just don't think that they can. No, and I'm give also an thinking that Leonard Williams, since this is a contract year for Leonard Williams. I also is no is Leonard Williams under contract for another year next year because I thought he has a fifth. The, the Jets already picked up his fifth year option. Is this his contract year? Yeah, this is this is his fifth year option. This upcoming year, that's his. This is his contract year. Here's what I'm. Here's my logic on this. I do not see the New York Jets letting Leonard Williams go because what when at, when he came to the Jets, he changed that complexion of that defense. And I think Leonard Williams is going to be very valuable, so valuable to this Jets defense still. And I think Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams are going to be those cornerstone leaders of that defense, the guys that I think will be setting the tone for the, for, for this team. Well, I think well, what I think is probably going to happen is I wouldn't be su- surprised if Leonard Williams has a good year considering he is going into a contract year. But I think what will probably happen is even if he does have a good year, the Jets will probably franchise tag him. So that they have more time give... to or pan out an extension. Yeah, most likely. Just, I, don't think, a lot of I, don't, it... I don't think this is a player that I think the Jets will lose, you know? I mean, we'll, we'll see because part of it is, you know, they made – a similar move a couple of years ago when they gave Muhammad Wilkerson that big contract. Now, granted, in his situation, he had a serious injury. He, had, he, he broke his leg, and then they gave him the contract extension. Leonard Williams' situation is a little bit different. But the thing with Leonard Williams is, from a production standpoint, he hasn't quite lived up to being that number six pick in the draft that he was a couple of years ago. Like He's been very good, but he hasn't been elite. 
So the Jets do have a decision to make on their hands. Do you want to pay a very good player elite money, like top-tier money? So I think because of that, he's probably going to get franchise tagged. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. I don't think Leonard Williams is going anywhere. I mean, for, uh, for worst case scenario, he's obviously with the team this year. He'll probably be with the team at least one more year, and then we'll kind of see what happens from there. Because two years is a long so, time, the so we'll why see how. I say he's not going anywhere is because I don't think the jet. I don't think the jet. I don't think Mike McCagden wants to lose him at all. Because I'm thinking in the perspective of Mike McCagden and Neil of Mike McCagden, the general manager of the Jets. I think this is the guy that he. This was his first draft choice when he. When he first took over as the Jets' general manager, replacing John Itzik, I think, I think this is a guy that I think Mike McCagden wants to keep around for a long time. So does so he want so as Jamal Adams, you know. Well, I mean, it's really going to come down to, you know, if the production is there, I can see them bringing him back. But if he's not producing the way you would want him to produce, I mean, like I said, considering he was the sixth pick in the draft and. In that draft, he was considered by many people the best player in that draft. He hasn't quite lived up to that. And if he doesn't really quite live up to that. get rid of him completely? That's what I want to know. I mean, after next year, after they use a franchise tag on him, I can see them considering it. Um, But I guess it'll really depend on, I guess, how much money he's willing to take. My guess is he's probably going to want whatever the market value is whatever the market's going for. So I think after they franchise tag him, they might consider letting him go. I think the Jets will keep uh, Leonard Williams, but I also think the Jets should be also saving their, saving their bucks to extend Jamal Adams in the near future. Cause look what Jamal Adams has done. I think Jamal Adams has been a leader, has been a grown leader on this defense. I know he's your favorite player on the Jets, Jamal Adams. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's been great for us, and he does a lot for us on defense. But, yeah, he's definitely – whenever his contract comes up, I think the Jets will take care of him for sure. Um, I guess it's just a matter of when they're allowed to give – because I think – And my other rookies, question for you about the Jets is I predicted that Quinn and Williams will be a breakout rookie for you guys this year. What about Jahai Polite? My, my, my dad told me that he's not a player that plays hard. Do you think he's a guy that could really contribute to this Jets defense and be a starting uh, outside linebacker? Along aside, along with uh, along with Frankie Lubu or maybe uh, Terrell Basho or Jordan well, Jenkins. Sorry. It's gonna be, well. It's gonna be interesting because Jakai Polite definitely has the talent. And if you look look at film of him, he's definitely. It, it's interesting. His forty time wasn't really good, and I think a lot of that is. He put on weight before the combine, so that affected his his performance at the combine. So he'll probably lose some weight. Now the problem with that is, if you were to do that, it's probably going to affect his ability to play every single down because he'll be a liability against the run. But worst case scenario, I know a lot of Jets fans want Josh Allen at number three, and the fact that we got Quinn and Williams and we were able to address the edge rusher position with our second pick in third or our first pick in the third round and our second pick overall, I think it was it was a huge, huge plus for us. Yeah, I mean for Jahai for Jakai Polite. And also 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 some other questions about the Jets. 
since we're on this Jets topic, I'm going to ask you a question because another question I have for you is that even though Le'Veon Bell is going to be getting most of the work, where does is Elijah McGuire going to be a guy on third down, or is he going to be where he uses a power back along with Ty Montgomery? Well, I think that the I mean Bell will pro- will be the the feature back for sure, but I'm sure the Jets will work in the other guys somehow as well. I mean, I can see Ty Montgomery. I guess worst case scenario, if the Jets wanted, they could always move him back to wide receiver because remember when he was with the Packers, he was originally a wide receiver. Worst case scenario, they can do that. Worst case scenario, he can also be a third down back for them. Who, yeah, because what of I'm come in and pass. is that you guys, you guys could use Jamison Crowder as a kick and punt returner, and then, and then maybe Ty Montgomery could be used both as a running, as a tailback and a wide receiver. And I think McGuire is probably going to have a great year. And then your number one tight end, I think, is going to be Chris Herndon. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jets have some underrated skill position players. I mean, I like their running backs. I think Herndon's proved so far, I mean, just going off his rookie year, he had a pretty solid rookie year. Um, I think, for me, it just really comes down to can the offensive line hold up? If the offensive line holds up, I think that we have good enough skill position players going into the year. Yeah, so like we talked about before here, when it comes to Patriots Jets, you know you and I will be on air when uh when we when we talk about the Patriots and Jets when we do NFL shows, because when we do week when we do uh week one, we'll talk we'll preview the Patriots game, well then we'll preview the Jets game, and then when it's when it's both our teams playing against each other, then we'll do a special preview on that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That means you and I will be talking about players to watch for both teams. And I actually can't wait to see both my Patriots play and, and to play your Jets this year. Because, one, they play, because I want to see Sam Darnold play the Patriots twice. Because even though I don't like the Jets, I like Sam Darnold. I, I, know, I knew the Patriots defense did a good job getting to him in the last time the Patriots played the Jets when Bowles was the coach. But now with Adam Gase, I think Adam Gase is going to make Sam Donald a whole different player at quarterback. A young head yeah, coach absolutely. with a young quarterback. Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun. It'll definitely be a, a big test for him. Yeah, so my final NFL thoughts are for the Patriots. I'm looking forward to the team they have. And even if even this defense is so good, even though I think the Patriots can be a top five defense, I could say the Patriots could still be a top 10 defensive team. And for your Jets, I could still see them being around in the top 10. But really, I think the co-leaders of this of, of who's going to lead the NFL in defense, I think would be the Rams and the uh, Chargers. So I guess for me, I mean, my thing is I would say the team to look out for next year that a lot of people aren't really talking about, I think it's the Green Bay Packers. I think – they made some really good moves in the offseason on defense, and I actually I love their draft as well. I think they had one of the better drafts. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they won the NFC North next year. They're actually my pick to win the NFC North, so it'd be pretty interesting to see how that works out. I would I, I would really want to I would look out for the Packers if I'm if I'm the rest of the NFL. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, you have a good day, and uh, we will continue next week for some more good stuff coming your way, coming our way all right lorenzo appreciate it have a good one